You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us on WILKnewsradio.com and listen, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast, just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's 410 here in the studio in Pittston, 74 degrees and sunny. You can call or text 570-883-0098. Let's finish up the discussion from before we went to break. We have uh, Larry from Plymouth on COVID and masks. Larry. Uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, hello, Rob. Uh, I don't believe the masks do anything, nothing. And I don't know if you've heard the latest, but I've heard it about five times on TV. You haven't heard the 95 masks. There's a certain kind of plastic in there. It raises your risk of cancer by eight times. You haven't heard that? It was the, be- the it, It's the plastic package that the N95 masks are in. If you open up a box of N95, they're in a plastic uh, bag, sealed, and then the masks are in there. And because of the residual chemicals that get into the masks, that's how I understood it. Okay. But what, anyway, I haven't worn a mask. I haven't got a shot. I think people who did are foolish. I've known too many healthy people that got a shot. They ended up with aneurysms, heart problems, everything. And I'll tell you what, I have, I'm high risk. And I went every pl- any place I wanted to go, and I never, got a sh- I never will get a shot. And I'll tell you one thing, like I don't know if you remember the show. There was a show with Robert Blake called Beretta on TV, and he used to say, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm not that young, Larry. I'm not that young, Larry. That's my time. I have time. not had a flu. I have not had a virus <laughs> since 1999. And I do know the secret of not getting it, and I'm thinking of writing a paper on it. And if you think I'm lying, that's all right. But I do know, and I have not had any of that stuff. I'm not afraid to go anywhere. I don't believe in a mask. Not only that, when you have that mask on, you're breathing out carbon dioxide. You're you're breathing it back in. Yeah, there's been studies either way that shows, you know, know, the efficiency of the mask. Rob, how old are you? 53. Okay. Well, I'm 75, and whether you believe it or not, some wisdom comes with old age. No, it absolutely I've learned, does. I've, I've learned things over the years. And, and if I could just get to one thing, I don't want to drag onto it. But I was on the other day, and we were talking about the Twin Towers and all that, and a guy called up after me and said, the, the beams, they, mel- they bent, right? Well, I didn't say they bent. I said they melted, and I saw the actual metal pouring out. And unless you could change the laws of physics... Jet fuel cannot melt steel, and I don't want to drag on about it, but if you could look up the thing, I, I'll, I'll give you what it is. It was called, uh, in plain sight, uh, 9-11, the power hour, Dave Van Cleesh. You look at that. It, it go, he does it for an hour, and you will see he goes step by step by step by step. I know, I know you were there and everything, but sometimes somebody that's the closest don't see everything. I, so, I've seen all the the documentaries on it. I've seen the, what exactly what you're talking about. You've seen, um, you've seen the metal I, coming I'm, out inside I, of the building. I, I'm not sold, Larry. Uh, and again, you can have your opinion. That's fine. Um, right. As, as someone who saw firsthand, I just disagree with you. But I will go with 2,000 architects and engineers across the country first. But but anyway, Rob, you have a good day. You too, Larry. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. And again, you're allowed to have your opinion. So simple as that. We we each have. Uh, ours and uh, you know it's it's that. Let's go to the uh, the phones again. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on masks. Joe. Uh, hello, uh, Rob. You, you know, I I know I called about masks, but it, it's more about the fact that 
Well, you know, what we're seeing is a repeat of history, okay, of, of, thing, of something that happened in, in 1930s Germany, in uh, early 20th century Russia, and in, um, in, uh, in, in Cambodia, in China as well, okay? And, and here's what it is. People are now being told that they must accept blatant lies as truth. And if you don't accept a blatant lie as truth, and you question any part of it, you question the reasoning, you question, you know, how they got to that conclusion, that uh, the uh, the, po the points behind it, whatever it is, you you'll be punished for your your disobedience. And that's what we've come to as a society. And, and here's why I say that. You know, I, I was still uh, working. Uh, in the prison doing transport, medical transport, when COVID came about. And I can tell you that so many healthcare professionals of every stripe just were, were it, they weren't on board with what they were being told about this. And, 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 and a good example is why I say it's just a, it's an outright lie is this stupidity with the mask. Okay, wearing a, a single-use mask, and that's what they are. They're, they're single-use masks. Any any kind of uh, medical operating room or any kind of uh, you know me medical procedure or whatnot, gloves and 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 masks. They're single-use. You wear them one time for for one specific purpose, and you take them off. And if you touch a mask with your bare hands, your hands are now contaminated. The, 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 the wearing of the mask, it was, it was one of the, the dumbest, most intellectually uh, defrauding things we've ever seen. But it, it goes along with everything else we're being told, you know, such as, uh, you know, about gender ideology and about man-made global warming. We're being told we have to accept blatant, bald-faced lies, which is even worse than a hoax. They say, is it a hoax? No, it's not a hoax. It's a blatant lie. And, and, and professionals, professionals who in their professional duties question these lies get, get threatened or just outright, you know, fired in silence for, for what, what, when they do come out and question this. So... What we're seeing go on here is, is like I said, it's a repeat of history. The only question for us now at this point is how is this going to end? Yeah, it's 100% it's correct. Uh, again, it seems we're recycling this again. And uh, hopefully people use their, their personal responsibility, their personal preference, and their personal stances and beliefs rather than being told what to do or allowing themselves to be told what to do by entities that, in all essence, we found doesn't have the authority to tell us. Well, you know, you know what I enjoyed? Uh, a lot of my friends on Facebook, they would send me these, you know, the, these little clips and so forth, and they would show ones at the grocery store. And they would say, yeah, yeah, thank you for protecting me with your, your, your plastic cover you know, those little stupid things they put up in front of the counters while touching every piece of food with your bare hands that I'm going to bring home. Yeah. Um, Joe, I 
I I agree. <laughs> it's it's we're yeah. we're in for strange strange times ahead of us, especially and and this all started with the fact that you know our local VA here in Wilkesbury is just now lifting this mask mandate and the you know obviously not treating their patients with the respect and and treatment and and basic science that they should be. They've taken away programs from them. They've mandated masks for everybody. They haven't reinstituted the programs. And just now, only after public pressure, says, oh, okay, we can lift this mandate now. Yeah, well, I you know, I I, I ran for our, our local state representative here, uh, I think I think it was last year, and I, I lost in the primaries. But you know, if I had gotten in on a post like that, I, I'm not where, sure where I'd be now because I, uh, you know, stuff like what's going on at the VA and the nursing homes, I, I would be in people's offices demanding answers, probably getting hauled out by security because what's going on with the VA and the nursing homes is it's criminal, really. It is, and hopefully these these federal and state legislators and elected officials continue to put pressure on them and hold them accountable. And if they don't do what's best interest for the patients, the veterans that get treatment from this facility, they should either be forced to resign or removed. Yeah. Well, hey, anyway, Rob, thank you. It was great talking to you again. I appreciate your call, Joe. Thanks for calling in. Um. Just pulling up some uh, some stuff on the, the internet here uh, for a second. Rob, trying to wear those masks, and including some, but not all N95s, and cut pavers or wood blocks and see if it keeps the silicon dust. It doesn't. Navy guy, yeah. Uh, I know. We are we are in the process now of refinishing our steps. We took the carpet off our stairs upstairs at home, and we are sanding them down, refinishing them, and, and making wood steps. We're you know we're painting the risers and uh, you know staining the 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 steps themselves. And uh, with all the sanding and everything's done, after we've removed and filled the holes from the tack strips for the carpet and done everything we need to do everything had to be sanded palm sander my my wife has has her energy between uh what she's done school doesn't start to her, for her until tomorrow so she figures uh let me finish refinish the stairs uh so we ended up ripping all that up she's been sanding for a couple of days today was thankfully uh yes late yesterday was a clean up day and today was more of a tape off and paint day uh the risers prime them prime the wood for them but yeah with the uh with the uh, N95 masks that we were wearing, yes, there was all sorts of dust coming out of uh, coughing it up and sneezing it out. And because there, there's no there's no precise seal. I mean, if you've ever u- used a rep- respirator uh, with OSHA and such like that, you're actually tested. You're fitted. You're tested. Um, and it's not a pleasant thing to do. You know, after months when we were finally given the equipment that we needed from day one down at ground zero... And they were going through the fitting and testing where they put you in a smoke chamber and, and release the foul-smelling smoke to see if you smell it or not to test your, your mask fit. And again, even those masks. You know, we were out there for 12, 16 hours sifting through debris and rubble. Uh, are you really going to wear this rubber mask on your face every second of every day? No, you're not. Um, you can't. Uh, it's as simple as that. You, you have to you know wipe off the sweat. You have to... You know, clean your face every now and then. You have to have a drink or something. You can't leave the scene for blocks and blocks to take a sip of water. 
So, uh, you know, it's unrealistic, but we'll see what happens here. But uh, hopefully the public learn their lesson, uh, you know, especially with our school kids and everything else. The last time when they try it again this time. It's uh, 422 here at WIOK. Time for traffic and weather. Nikki's back. Hey, thanks, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet traffic update. We do have severe slowing 81 southbound between Wilkesbury, Bear Creek, and the Pittston exit. So when you're heading from Pittston down, you can expect to go under 15 miles per hour. You have both directions of 81 pretty much jammed up between Waverly and Lennox, that's due to road work. There's heavy traffic and some road work on South River Street in Wilkesbury. You'll find delays there, and we are seeing some delays on Wyoming Avenue in Kingston. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. And they're saying just be on the lookout for the smoke and parts of PA. Again, I looked at air.gov, airnow.gov, and I don't see anything in our area to be concerned about at this time. This afternoon, sunny and breezy, high 75. Tonight, clear and cool, low 50. Friday, sunny and less humid, high 80. Saturday, lots of sunshine and warm, high 83. Sunday, mostly sunny and hot, high 90. Labor Day, mostly sunny and hot, high 93. It's currently 74 degrees. And sunny here at 423 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 426, 74 degrees and sunny. Um, I, I don't like going down this road, so I'm just going to go through this once here, and uh, we'll pretty much be done with this topic. But uh, burning jet fuel cannot melt steel. The melting point of steel is 1,510 degrees Celsius. The temperature of which jet fuel burns is between 426.6 degrees Celsius and 815.5 degrees Celsius. So how could the towers collapse due to structural failure when the fires were not hot enough to melt steel? While it's indeed true that burning jet fuel alone cannot melt steel, the fire... That was also fueled by burning furniture, curtains, blinds, chairs, desks, computer equipment, and an enormous amount of paper would have burned hot enough to warp steel. The NIST estimates that the fire in the towers reached at least 1,000 degrees centigrade in certain pockets. The point at which steel weakens is 593.3 degrees Celsius, at which point it would have lost about 50% of its strength. Heated to 1,000 degrees centigrade, steel will have lost about 90% strength. It was this weakness in the steel that led to the loss of the building's integrity. As the steel warped and buckled, the columns of the steel beams holding the towers up were no longer able to support the weight of the buildings, leading to the pancake collapse of both towers and surrounding buildings. A lot of the melted steel that was seen was aluminum from file cabinets and other equipment that melts at a lower temperature. And this is a study from the National Institute of Standards and Technology, the NIST. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. You can believe what you want. You can research this on your own. It's really not something that I want to dive into again 20-something years later uh, when I saw it firsthand and lived it. So hopefully that uh, gives you the information that uh, a lot of you need. <laughs> Looking at the text message, I would rather wear a skirt than a mask. Never again, Bruce from Nanakoke. Um, okay, Bruce, <laughs> we might have to call you in on that. 
have you come in one day and uh, see if you uh, live up to that. We have an interesting story. Uh, Ex-CIA agent who signed the Spies Who Lie letter. Now, the Spies Who Lie letter are the 53 intelligence officials with top secret and higher clearances that basically uh, wrote the letter stating that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Well, the CIA agent who signed the Spies Who Lie letter tried to hide her job at Twitter after the Post put all their photos on the cover. Now, if you remember the Post, it doesn't... Uh, let me see the day. March March 19th, 2022. The Post cover story was all 53 of the... Uh, intelli- uh, uh, most of the 53 intelligence agencies. John Brennan, Clapper, a whole bunch of them. And she was one of them. Former CIA agent who signed the October 2020 open letter that dismissed the Post bombshell reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop emails as Russian disinformation worked on policy enforcement at Twitter as recently as last year and did not disclose her role to to Congress. New Twitter files reporting shows. Nadia Bakos alerted her senior policy team, including now former Twitter head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, that her photograph was one of the 20 on the Post's March 19, 2020 cover, highlighting 51 former intelligence officials who cast out on the authenticity of the laptop, according to an email sent the same day and obtained by an, uh, the New York Post. Quote, Hi all, I wanted to make you aware of the New York Post cover that I was featured on relating to the October 2020 story about Hunter Biden's emails when he was on the board of the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma, and a letter signed by hundreds of former IC officials. Bakos wrote in an email that listed her title as Senior Policy Domain Specialist of Site Integrity at Twitter. Given my policy role and currently doing enforcement, I don't want this to come as a surprise. I don't haven't publicly acknowledged working for Twitter and are locking down my LinkedIn. I have no plans to respond, make a statement, or acknowledge the piece, she told the team. Shortly after, Baco switched her LinkedIn account to private and locked her profile on Twitter, now known as X. Bacos worked at the social media giant from September 2021 through November of last year. Now, wh- why is all this important? Simply is because Twitter banned the post story from their platform before Elon Musk took it over. And there was coordinated effort, obviously, from individuals, former CIA individuals like this one, who then worked at Twitter. And we found out Twitter had their own onboarding system for federal CIA employees, FBI agents that worked for them to help suppress stories like this. But the mere fact that she here is trying to hide the fact that she worked for Twitter, locking down her LinkedIn account, locking down her social media, so people could not connect the dots, meaning that she signed this letter and she's now also working for Twitter, who censored what we now know is a 100% true story. Again, you can take your own incline of what that means and what they've tried to get over on us. It's uh, 4.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the one of them. Former CIA agent who signed the October 2020 open letter that dismissed the Post bombshell reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop emails as Russian disinformation worked on policy enforcement at Twitter 
as recently as last year and did not disclose her role to to Congress. New Twitter files reporting shows. Nadia Bakos alerted her senior policy team, including now former Twitter head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, that her photograph was one of the 20 on the Post's March 19, 2020 cover, highlighting 51 former intelligence officials who cast out on the authenticity of the laptop, according to an email sent the same day and obtained by an, uh, the New York Post. Quote, Hi, all. I wanted to make you aware of the New York Post cover that I was featured on relating to the October 2020 story about Hunter Biden's emails when he was on the board of the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma, and a letter signed by hundreds of former IC officials. Bakos wrote in an email that listed her title as Senior Policy Domain Specialist of Site Integrity at Twitter. Given my policy role and currently doing enforcement, I don't want this to come as a surprise. I don't, haven't publicly acknowledged working for Twitter and are locking down my LinkedIn. I have no plans to respond, make a statement, or acknowledge the piece, she told the team. Shortly after, Baco switched her LinkedIn account to private and locked her profile on Twitter, now known as X. Bacos worked at the social media giant from September 2021 through November of last year. Now, why is all this important? Simply is because Twitter banned the post story from their platform before Elon Musk took it over. And there was coordinated effort, obviously, from individuals, former CIA individuals like this one, who then worked at Twitter. And we found out Twitter had their own onboarding system for federal CIA employees, FBI agents that worked for them to help suppress stories like this. But the mere fact that she here is trying to hide the fact that she worked for Twitter, locking down her LinkedIn account, locking down her social media, so people could not connect the dots, meaning that she signed this letter and she's now also working for Twitter, who censored what we now know is a 100% true story. Again, you can take your own incline of what that means and what they've tried to get over on us. It's uh, 432 here at WILK. We'll be back after the Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 438 here at the station, 75 degrees and sunny. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 69 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, two of them from here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with Detective John, Ad- John Adams James. Cambria County District Attorney's Office in Pennsylvania, 1923. Detective John James and Special Officer Joseph Abrahams of the Johnstown Police Department were shot and killed during a riot in the city of Rosedale's in the city's Rosedale section. Two officers from the Johnstown Police Department also died as a result of wounds sustained during the riot. Detective Otto Newcomb died on September 12, 1923 and Captain Otto Fink died on November 2nd of 1923. The officers were attempting to stop a disturbance involving several men when one, crazed from drinking moonshine, opened fire with a revolver. Other officers arriving at the scene shot and killed the suspect. So in all, four officers were killed during this event, two in a later date, one in September, one in November. We will honor them on those days. But you have uh, you know, these two, Detective John Adams James, and Special Special Officer uh, Joseph Lewis Abrahams 
of the Johnstown City Police Department in 1923, August 31st. And those are our two from Pennsylvania that's going on. I uh, got a text message in. Maybe you guys out there. I, I know I have some game commission officers who listen regularly. It says, hi, Rob. Uh, is there any affordable vehicle devices to scare away deer and alert them so you don't hit them? I had to put my flashes on and let 11 little deer pass on a major highway today. And uh, tis the season. They will flock. Thanks. Yeah, they're really not in the, I mean, I guess the pre-rut, September, you know, maybe starting to to move around now. But uh, those little high-pitched sound devices are the only thing that I know of. Uh, And again, I don't really know the validity if they work or not. I mean, I've used them. I've had them on my parents' cars. Uh, I don't have them on mine. And I think we've struck two deer (laughs) since uh, with all the vehicles I have. Uh, nothing bad, though, a little ding here and there, and both times the deer just didn't even fall down. They just walked away. But it's amazing how uh, you know a 120-pound deer will uh, crush your uh, front front fender or your front wheel well You know if, they, if their butt hits it trying to run across the road in some snow. But if you guys out there, this is northeast Pennsylvania. It's deer country. It's very well-known in our area. If you've had any devices that work, uh, you know the ones I'm talking about, those... those uh, the high-pitched, uh, they look like little cones. You put them, they have stickers. You mount them to your front bumper in the grill or something like that. And I guess they put out a high-pitched whistle that's supposed to alert the deer that there's something coming. Who knows if it alerts them? Who knows if it scares them? If they're running, are they going to hear it anyway? Um, you know, both times that, that I've had incidents with deer and my family's had them, they've jumped either the wire fence at the farm or a, a guardrail right in the way of the vehicle. So I, I doubt they were listening uh, to what's going on. But if you, anyone out there has advice on what they use to uh, prevent deer from running in front of their vehicles, uh, let us know. You can call or text that at 570-883-0098. It's 441 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather again. No deer out there, right? No. Well, prob- there there's probably be, lots of deer out there. But. Depending on where you are. And you could also watch for uh, raccoon. I've seen those dead in the road. A fox, some pretty big fox out there. Shall I go on? Yeah. All right. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. We have various areas of slowing on 81 in both directions between Wilkesbury Bear Creek and Scranton. There are areas where you're dipping well below 25 miles per hour. Just use caution as you're out there. Heavy traffic and construction causing issues on 81 both directions between Waverly and Lenox. And you can expect some delays heading up that hill, Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit. And heavy traffic causing you to sit through a couple lights on Wyoming Avenue in Kingston as well. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, sunny and breezy, high 75. Tonight, clear and cool, low 50. Friday, sunny and less humid, high 80. Saturday, lots of sunshine and warm, high Excuse me, 83. Sunday, mostly sunny and hot, high 90. Labor Day, mostly sunny and hot, high 93. It's currently 75 degrees and sunny here at 443, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show. On WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It is 446 here at the station, 75 degrees and sunny out there. Beautiful day today. It looks like the weekend tomorrow. Sunny, 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 sunny. And each day gets a little hotter.
um, almost by about five degree, five to three degrees between today and tomorrow, five degree higher then three degrees higher then seven degrees higher and then three degrees higher than that. So we start off, uh, we start off with, uh, you know, 75 today and it'll be up to 93 by Labor Day on Monday. Enjoy, make some plans, do something, set up your deck, get a fire pit going. If you do not have a fire pit, dig one, build one, have a fire, replant the grass when you're done enjoy this weekend we don't get that many of them today uh i wanted did i ever post that i wanted to post something on my social media and i don't know if i did um no no i actually didn't uh didn't do it i'll have to look up that in a minute uh, somebody said, who bought the Citizen's Voice in Wilkes-Barre? Well, it's the whole conglomerate. It's the four newspapers in our area, the Scranton Times, the the uh, the Citizen's Voice, uh, the Republican Herald, and uh, the fourth one is escaping me right now. Uh, basically a finance company, a media conglomerate of finance company, bought them from out of the area. And uh, we're going to see what's going to happen. Uh, the employees were notified today that... You know, this is uh, the company was bought effective immediately. It's not like they were giving given uh, a whole lot of notice. Let me see. Uh, the Times Shamrock Communications is selling its newspaper group, including the Times Tribune, the Media News Group, to the Media News Group. Effective Thursday, CEO Jim Lewandowski announced. The sale announced during an all-staff Zoom meeting that happened today includes the company's four daily newspapers, the, Time, the Times Tribune, the Citizen's Voice, the Republican Herald, and the Standard Speaker, as well as its weekly and periodic newspapers, Commercial Printing Operations, Absolute Distribution, Inc., and the Times Shamrock Creative Services. It does not include the Times Shamrock Radio or Billboard operations or the Scranton Times building. Colorado-based Media News Group is owned by an investment fund, Alan Alden Global Capital. So an investment group who owns a media news group, you know, bought the four newspapers in our area. Once you remove the local touch from these things, um... Good stuff usually doesn't happen. Hopefully they keep um, what's here. And again, it, you can agree or disagree with, uh, you know, some of the journalists over there, some of the opinion columnists over there. I certainly do not. Some of them I do. Some of them, I, you know, I think our education reporters here are excellent, uh, as well as our crime reporters. And then there's a couple of others. The opinion pieces are just that, their opinion. You take them with their grain of salt. You know where they're coming from. You know their political um leanings and it is what it is but it's not a bad thing to read those differing opinions i i do all the time and and, and i encourage you to as well uh, and that goes for anything look at everything from all sides maybe it makes you reevaluate your opinion maybe it strengthens your opinion but either way you're more informed hopefully it doesn't uh leave the fabric of our local area that's all i can say about the the four newspapers that it's affecting here uh, they are our newspapers, be it if you're in the Citizen's Voice or Wilkes-Barre or all the other papers or the Scranton Times. There are papers, the Republican Herald, the Standard Speaker. 
hopefully they remain our papers. If an outside organization, especially an investment fund, Alden Global Capital, or their subsidiary, Media News Group, wants to distance, think they can regurgitate stuff to us here in Northeast Pennsylvania based on what they believe, not what we want to hear or what we believe here in Northeast Pennsylvania, how we live here in Northeast Pennsylvania, I think it's going to be... uh, it's going to be a detriment to them. But who suffers in the end? The, all the jobs in this area that it, that it supports, all the journalists, their families, and from everything from their local sports reporters who do everything from youth sports to high school. I mean, they've, they've, they've been a good asset to Northeast Pennsylvania. Again, if you agree with all the things they write, if you agree with their slants, if you look at some of the comments on uh, you know the, the postings from the public on a lot of these pages – um, you know, it's a train wreck as far as, you know, the public opinion. And it's coming from all over. You have your trolls. You have everything out there. We can't give up local journalism. We can't move it across the country and think it's going to have the same platform that, that we're used to. And, again, you can agree with it or you can't agree with it. A lot of it, you know, I'm probably 60-40 with the stuff I read there, but a lot of it is, you know, from the Associated Press. It's from the Times the New York Times, you know, they do gather their stuff from other places, which you can get anywhere. But it's the journalists from here, especially, like I said, our local sports reporters for high school and college sports in our area. You, you have your education reporters that have done phenomenal work here. Give us great assets to, you know, how test scores go in our schools, how the spending goes, the per pupil. I mean, they break the stuff down, especially their annual uh, education, you know, big uh, – special that they normally do that kind of breaks down and it gives you a platform as a parent to look at the school districts and compare them and say, why isn't mine measuring up? Why is mine doing bad here, here and here? Or how's, oh, good, great. Mine's doing good here, here and here. We can't lose that. So it's something we should keep an eye on. And hopefully the, uh, the investment fund Alden Global Capital and their subsidiary media news group is a uh, hopefully making going to make this an asset. But when you remove local control, when you remove something to a distance that has no, no, no concept of Northeast Pennsylvania, it's going to be a different. I mean, I've been here, I've lived here 20 years, and uh, a lot of you guys still ha- harass me about my New York accent, you know, on the text messages and stuff. And I consider myself, you know, this is where I want to spend the rest of my life. This is where I moved. This is where I came back to. I gave up a lot, you know, when I was down in the, the D.C. Annapolis area to come back here because this is where I wanted to be. And hopefully whoever takes over these newspapers uh, feels the same as I did. It's 4.53 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 75 degrees and sunny outside at 4.56 here at the station. Um, you know, I found what I wanted to, to tell you guys later. I, I posted this uh, just on social media. And something, I, you know, I've been talking about spending quality time with your children before they get back to school. The college kids are already off. Some of the high school kids have already started. Some of them are starting either tomorrow or next week after the holiday. Um, but try and do something with them. And and I posted this a couple of years ago, and I just reposted it again because it, it, it's very it's very telling on how I believe, how, how I've raised my kids. And, uh, you know, it's it's when you look at it, when you put it in perspective, it's kind of eye-opening. There's only 940 weekends between your child's birth and sending them off to college. Make them count. 
Think of that. You have less than a thousand weekends from the time they're born to the time you send them off to college. That's not a lot when you when you put it in perspective. Under a thousand, nine hundred and forty, to be exact, weekends. And uh, you know, if you give up half those chances, if you only pick one weekend a month, you know, you're down to you know a quarter of that. Two hundred and fifty weekends between between the time they're born to the time they go off to college. We as parents, and be it you know, dual parents, be it same-sex parents, be it, you know, single parents, make that time count. Do everything you need to do to uh, make that time count because uh, they do grow up fast. And I know you'll you've hear it if you have young children, if you have a newborn, people will say how fast it goes and see it. I, I look at, at kids who are like 18 months, two years old, and I just look at it and I'm like, wow, you know, those, those were great days. And thankfully, I look back and, and I did a lot. I, I, I created my whole career around spending time at home. I took less overtime. I didn't work. You know, I worked um, double shifts two days in a row so I could have three or four days off, uh, especially when I was in units where you could do that, where you can do investigations and work, you know, around the clock. And, uh, you know, I, instead of taking it in mo- time, instead of taking it in money to pad my pension or stuff like that, I took it in time. Because, you know, I'd rather much spend time in my backyard playing with my 18-month-old, running around, rolling around the backyard, building a play set, building a swing set, you know, getting in the pool with them, things, things that I actually did, than, you know, giving them the things that, that their mom and them could spend money on when I'm not around. Uh, that's not what I wanted. And, I, you know, I think we came out for the best uh, because of it. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully you heed that. 940 weekends between the birth of your child and sending them off to college. Make them count because they truly uh, need you, especially this day and age. It's a world of different from when my kids were young. You were up against so much more. There is so much outside influence. There is so much social media. There's so much tech that I didn't have to compete with. Uh, again, I bought my first computer in 1997, I believe. It's crazy. It's uh, 5 o'clock here on WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages. 